Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 951. I find people don't respect each other's choices and don't want to hear the story behind what car this person is driving, where it's a Hyundai or a Honda or a Nissan. I think respecting everyone and their choices and also listening to the story behind why they picked that vehicle will really give you insights into why people do certain things and why people do what they do. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Calling in from a very chilly Chicago today, Dhruv Chada. Dhruv, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm excited for this ride. Dhruv Chada is the founder and CEO of Automech, a car servicing startup in Seattle, Washington. I know I said he was in Chicago today and he bounces back and forth across the country. Today's a little chilly and it's a little sunny here in the Seattle area, the Pacific Northwest. So come home. We need you back here, Dhruv. Automech brings together Dhruv's passion for cars and technology. Automech helps car owners with every aspect of car maintenance, from taking their car in for service and bringing it back, adding convenience and saving car owners valuable time. Previously, Dhruv served as a product manager at Arity, launching the Driving Engine SDK, a tool that collects driver's analytics data through a smartphone. Prior to Arity, he was a product manager and software developer on various products at that little company up north of me called Microsoft. So, true. if I told our listeners just a little bit about you, would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career, this new business, and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Yeah, thanks for having me on the call, Mark. You're welcome. Uh, this is great, and I love your show, by the way. Oh. I've, seen, I've heard a couple of episodes already from John Clevin and also recently from... The Avance founder. Oh, yeah. Adam Kramer. Yeah, Adam Kramer. Exactly. I've had a a number of awesome, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, as I call them here on Cars. Yeah. And of course, your guest number 951. So uh, let's have a little fun. Yeah. So a little bit about myself. I grew up in India. I was 14 when I moved to Canada. And I think I've always had this passion for cars and speed. So my parents and my grandparents would tell me that I had this small engine that I would sit on and drive around. It's like a small car, like, you know, toy cars that kids have that they can ride in. Right. So I had an engine that I would sit on and just drive around the whole house and just go as fast as I could. And I had a biking passion in India because we didn't really have money to afford a car. So I had a bicycle that I would always be racing on down the street. And I would I would always sleep and play with these small Hot Wheels cars. Like Hot Wheels was my passion when I was little, when I was a kid. I still have a collection of cars since I was four years old. And I think that's where my car passion really started. But when I moved to Canada is when I got the real, you know, opened up feel to this car population, these big cars that can go fast. And sort of that's where my passion for cars grew. Uh, My first car was actually a 1989 Mazda MPV in baby blue color. It was my parents' first car. And that sort of got handed down to me when its fourth gear stopped working. It only had three gears on it, but it was still a lot of fun to drive. I mean, it's a real wheel drive car. We get a lot of snow in Toronto, and it was perfect for that weather. So that's where I started really my car hobby restarted. I would clean the car, I would wash the car. There's not much to take care of because the car's already really old, but it really got me into the car scene. Yeah, very cool. And yeah, so as I sort of you know grew up and went to university, I always struggled with this thing about 
do I want to do mechanical engineering or do I want to do computer engineering? Because I had a passion for technology as well. And it was always a dual-sided fight for me through undergrad. Like, I always thought in my second year, should I switch to mechanical? But I sort of stuck through with computer engineering because I would have to restart my whole program. So sure. I graduated computer engineering, moved to Seattle, and started my first job at Microsoft, hoping to actually work in the Microsoft Sync team, which does some car infotainment stuff. Right. Because I really wanted to merge my two passions for cars and you know technology that's at some point in my career. Um, and that never happened at Microsoft because Microsoft shut down Sync and I continued working on mobile phones because that was the other thing that I was really interested in. So as I sort of went through my career at Microsoft, I wanted to change direction and sort of learn more about business because I had, this, I had a more engineering background. So I was not very good with consumer marketing and consumer segmentation and stuff that I think was very important for me as a product manager to really learn about. And that's why I went to business school. And that's what caused me to move to Chicago, where I am today. I'm actually doing my MBA at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business. And while doing that, I had quit my job at Microsoft. And that really helped me sort of get away from my comfortable life, whereas making good money and helped me say, you know what, this might be a good time to start something that I'm passionate about. Yes. And that's sort of where Automec came from. It's like I had a stepping stone at business school through their venture programs that they have for startups to be like, hey, you can write a business plan today, see how this works and sort of grow your startup out of that. And that's where this automate came from, really. Very cool story. I love every aspect of this and the fact that you're taking advantage of getting a master's degree and starting a business at the same time, I think is absolutely yeah. brilliant. So we're going to learn a lot more about Automec and about all the other different things you're doing. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra, something that yeah. has some meaning for you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on cars. Yeah. So Dhruv, take the wheel. So my dad has a very simple thing he said to me at some point in my life. I don't remember when he said this to me, but he said, so my dad's an army guy. My dad was in the army in India. Um, so he always talked about taking care of your stuff. And as we were growing up, he said at some point to me, take care of your stuff and your stuff will take care of you. Now, stuff could be anything. It could be your car. It could be the people you work with. It could be your customers. And I've used that in my daily life. Like my daily driver before I sold it or gave it to my sister, actually, was the Nissan Altima. It was 2003 Nissan Altima. It had 300,000 kilometers because it's Canadian before I gave it back to my sister. So she still drives it. Wow. And it has the original engine on it, original transmission on it. I've driven that car through all of the U.S. I've gone all the way down to L.A., all the way up to Alaska, all the way across Canada. And the car still runs just like it was, you know, it, it still runs just like it was new in some cases. Right. right. I've never had to replace any major part in the car just because I've taken care of it over time. And I believe that that's what you should do with even your customers and also people you work with. Absolutely. And the same goes since we're talking in the new year here of your health and your body. Take care of yeah. yourself and your body will take care of you. So it kind of works with everything. Very nice. Nice uh, nice thing for your dad to hand down to you as well. Yeah. You kind of alluded to this before of sharing a story that instigated your passion for cars. Now, growing up in India where there weren't as many, let's say, fancy cars like there might be here in certain cities of the U.S. or even in Canada, although Canada also has some weather issues, so probably people aren't bringing out their greatest cars year-round, not like maybe Southern California or anywhere where it's sunny, Florida. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realize you were a car guy? Was it when you were flying around the kitchen in that little car? But it's there to come a little bit later. I think it happened when I was in Canada when I was 16, when I got my driver's license, because 
at least in our in our age group of people, when you turn 16, it was like if you knew you wanted a car, that's the same day you go and get your driver's permit, learner's permit to sort of learn how to drive. Right. And that's also the first year I went to the Canadian International Auto Show. And since then, I've been to the auto show every year. I think seeing the cars and experiencing driving was really the thing that got me triggered into cars because it's the freedom and the amazement of driving is just keeps me going. It's it's my safe haven when I have a stressful day or I'm angry. I just need to go drive, and that drive really helps me a lot and thinks and calms me down in some ways. Absolutely, yeah. It's a nice way to focus and uh, forget yeah. about everything else that's around you. I like that. Well, let's talk a little bit about a great challenge or a great failure that you faced along the way. We all run into these situations, but they're great learning lessons for us. So take us to one of yours, walk us through it, and then tell us how that helped you gain even more momentum, I should say, as you move forward in your career, your business. I think the biggest challenge for me was actually quitting a well-paying job. Oh, yes. Um, Yeah. That's a tough thing to do. If you talk to any Indian parent or any South Asian parent, they always want their kids to always be in the safe part of, you know, your career. And I was working at Microsoft. My parents were like, yeah, my son works at Microsoft. They were really happy about it. And I quit my job and they're like, what are you doing? Yes, <laughs> yes. And I said, hey, it's for, it's for school. That's what it started off with saying, hey, I'm going to business school and I don't want to fly back and forth. I'm going to move to Chicago, find a job locally and sort of stay in Chicago. And they came around that and I found a job in Chicago for six months, which was at ARD. I did that for around six, seven months, and I feel like that was not the passion I really sort of wanted to drive with business school. And that's when I quit that job as well. And I said, you know what, I'm going to walk right over to the entrepreneurship center and say, this is my pitch for what I want to build. And they were like, yeah, let's do, let's do this, right? Like, this is the only time you can do this. Like, following your passion mm-hmm. is one of the hardest things you can do. But once you start down that path, you're rewarded so well that you want to keep doing it. Like I don't, I don't make a lot of money right now. I'm spending a lot of my savings to start this business, but my satisfaction is way higher than it's ever been in my life before. Yes, yes. Yeah, so that's you know, this is a really important thing because I've heard this from many past guests. We have these pressures that our parents put on us, or society puts on us, or we put on ourselves of what we should be, quote unquote. And deep inside, there's something else we want to do. And we're maybe sure what it is or not sure what it is. So what kind of advice would you offer to a listener out there that might be struggling with that, especially after coming off the holidays here where you're with your family? And sometimes those holidays are times when people make these big announcements. Guess what? I'm quitting my safe, secure job. I'm going to start this crazy idea called a podcast or whatever it might be. What would be the advice you would offer somebody? I think it's it's good to start off, but you need to take some precautions before you do it. So make sure that you have some savings and you have some way that you can live because if there is no money, it's true that you can't survive, right? right? So you need to have some savings. And the other part is write down a sort of a plan. Like it doesn't have to be a, a plan to the T that you're going to follow, but a step-by-step process that says, you know what, over the next six months, these are the things I want to accomplish and sort of have an end date because you can't keep doing it forever, right? So have some milestones you want to hit and make sure that you hit them or not and make sure you make decisions based on those milestones. Yeah. But I think it's important to, if you have a passion that you really want to follow, you should just jump and do it. Like I think Adam said it really well, right? He said GFDI was his, <laughs> yes. his, his term. I think he's right. Like you have to jump in and start doing it. Otherwise, you'll never start it. You can't be always scared about it and look at the negative of, of not of doing something because it's scary and it's not normal that everyone else does. Right. 
So I think it's just important to do it and also have sort of a plan of where you want to go towards. Great advice for sure. Absolutely. Don't just quit your job out of anger one day and then go home and go, uh, how am I going to finance this thing? So uh, great advice, but I'm so happy that you took that very bold move. Well, let's shift gears and talk about a career aha moment. Something that kind of turned the lights on for you and made you realize this is the path I need to go down. Tell us about your aha moment. This was on my last day of work when I quit my job in Chicago at Arity. You know, when I quit my job, I was like, hey, what do I really, I really want to do something entrepreneurial with cars and computers, but what do I really want to do? And I've always thought of ideas that are very car audience centric and car enthusiast centric, but that's a very small population, right? But then I said to myself, hey, what can I do for the general audience that's there with cars? And in today's, in the past six, seven years, you've seen a lot of convenience-based services come online. So Instacart, food delivery, but most people don't understand cars. So why don't we build something that can help them understand their car and take care of their vehicle? So I actually called my brother-in-law. He's a doctor, someone who works a lot, has a nice car, makes good money. And I said, hey, how do you get your car service today? And he said, I call my father-in-law to come pick it up and take it in for servicing <laughs> and bring it back. I can't leave my patients. Right. And that was my, I need to go down this path more. But what I did was I interviewed another 300 people and said, hey, what do you not like about car ownership? And how can we make that better for you? Yes. And we found that convenience and time was the biggest thing for car ownership that people didn't like. Spending time at the shop and inconvenience of going there that day in the morning. And that's really gave us the sort of ammunition to go and tackle this problem with technology and operation. Right. You know, this is really interesting because I just came back from a couple of weeks down in San Diego where I have family. My mother-in-law was uh, struggling with some health issues, and her car needed servicing. So I took it to the dealership to get it serviced. My wife's car needs a service right now. i got to do the same thing because she hates doing that kind of thing. And as I was sitting in the dealership, luckily, I had my iPad, so I could do some work. But otherwise, you're sitting there just going, okay, I can look at the new cars for a while. In this case, it was a Cadillac Buick dealership, not really the kind of cars I'm that interested in. So, yeah, that that use of time and time is that valuable thing that we can never get back. That's why I think mm-hmm. what you're doing is really, really brilliant to help a lot of professionals that don't want to deal with that aspect of car ownership and just do it for them. And I'm going to have you talk more about Automech in a few moments, but let's talk about a proudest career moment that has come up for you. Is there one you'd like to share? I, I really think it, like starting my own company is sort of one of the proudest moments for me. In one way, it's like I'm doing a lot of things that I've never done that are outside my comfort zone. I'm cold calling people. I'm doing marketing. I've never done marketing in my life before. Just you know, like never ever, right? I'm calling apartment building owners, and I think it's really helping me grow as a person and have a multifaceted role in my own life. I've, I've been an engineer before this. Like, go close the door and do your work and don't talk to anyone. You know, that's. That's who I was. And changing my personality to adapt to what I'm building has, I think, been awesome for me. And I think that's what it really does to you as an entrepreneur is you start to do a lot of things that you were never done before in your life. I think that's sort of been really interesting. You know, getting out of your comfort zone is where the good things happen, but it's a really hard thing to do for a lot of people. Change is a hard thing, too, but um, really proud of what you're doing, Drew. This is awesome. And uh, to hear you say, you know, I've never done marketing for me. That's my whole life has been marketing. But if you asked me to code something or write something in your world, I'd go, oh, my gosh, how do I do that? (laughs) I know that when I built my website for cars, yeah, oh, my gosh, I was uh, in a sandbox that I was not happy to be playing in. But I learned a lot of cool things. So that's nice. Well, you talked about your very first car. Let's talk about your very first special 
car. That car really had meaning yeah. for you. What was that? My very first special car is actually a very normal car for most people. It was my daily driver for 12 years, 13 years. It's a 2003 Nissan Altima, which I had, which my dad bought for himself. And he handed down me my first car, which was the Mazda MPV. Uh-huh. Uh, but I sort of, you know, buttered my dad to give me the Altima because I really liked that car. One thing Nissan did in 03 and 02 was they reset their whole company and built out their new cars. And at that time, the Altima was the best mid-size sedan you could buy. And their ad said something that really caught my attention. Their ad said, the only thing common with other cars on the road is the road. And I was like, that is an awesome statement. And, you know, so I had this car. My dad had the car. And I sort of buttered him into giving it to me while I was at university, saying that, hey, I won't drive it as much. You won't put as many miles on it. It'll be taken care of. And he sort of, you know, he gave it to me. That's, That's great. And he took back a van that he was driving and I've had that car since. Like, So I've had it since college. I took it to my first job. I took it to all the internships that I had in New York or in California. Um, I've driven it across Canada. I've driven it all the way to LA. I've driven it all the way to Alaska. Wow. It was there, it was, it was there with me for my when I proposed to my wife. <laughs> so this car has seen all the facets of my life yes. from undergrad until getting married. So I think that car just holds a special meaning because of it's been through all the miles of my life in some ways. Yeah, nicely put. I like that. All the miles of your life. Cool, yeah. cool. Well, is there a car you've owned you've let go? Or uh sounds like you've only had a couple cars here. So yeah. uh, is there a car that you wish you had back in your garage? So I did have a Nissan GTR. Oh. A 2009 Nissan GTR, which I bought, which was my fun car on the weekends and when it was sunny in Seattle. Yep. Uh, which sort of complemented my Altima. So we were a pretty Nissan family. Um, So I actually just sold that car four months ago to sort of fund my startup. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one car that I do miss a lot because I had it for five years before I sold it. And my goal at one point is to go and find the exact same car again and try and get it back in my garage. (laughs) Because I know it's the win number is car number 1300 that was ever made for that model year. And that's the car I really want back in my garage at some point. There because I gave up one dream for another dream in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Another nice story you've shared. Well, I would love for you to explain a little bit more about Automech. A-U-T-O-M-E-C-H is the name of your new company. Explain to our listeners everything you can about what this service is, what the business is all about, and why people should look into this. Yeah, so Automech basically came from my passion for cars and the way I helped my family with finding the right places to go for car repair, finding the right parts to get the right tires. I'm like, how can we help the general population with this? Because people in today's world are not as car savvy as they used to be. They just want the car to work and make make sure that it works all the time. And they just want to deal with the inconvenience of finding the right shop, finding good mechanics, or even going and waiting for the car itself. So we said, hey, how can we use technology and operations to make this process easier for the customer? So we're basically an online-based car maintenance website. You come online, you tell us what car you own, what you need done, and we'll come back to you with two quotes, a quote from an independent shop that we work with and also a dealership because we know people have preference for dealerships versus going to an independent shop. Then the person or the customer can decide where they want the car to go. We will come pick up the car, get it serviced, and bring it back to you. And so basically, you don't have to change your day around your car anymore. You can be at work and your car will get serviced and come back to you. And all at the same time, you can track your vehicle while it's in our hands. So we give you text message updates as, the, as we go by with your car. But what we're also doing with technology is that we're building a 
sort of a profile for your car once we have it in our system. So if I get your car and your car has 90,000 miles in it and it's five years old, I know how many miles you drive per year. I can sort of build out a map for what's next for your car, how much it's going to cost you, when should you get it done, and I can sort of proactively ping you about it and remind you about it. And that's really our goal is to help you take care of your car so that you can expand the life of your car in some ways. Like most people, you have to just do regular maintenance with the right stuff to make sure that your car, you know, lives longer. And we want to help that happen with the customer. Right. You know, I love all every aspect of this because a lot of people don't think about servicing their car. And if, of course, you and I are car people, so we can't wait for the next yeah. oil change and the next set of tires. That's kind of yeah, fun for right. us. But for most people, it's a hassle. It's something you don't want to think about. And a lot of people put it off. And what they don't realize is just putting off an oil change for another couple months can be very detrimental to your car. Uh, all the other services that are required as well. So I love this profile concept so that somebody doesn't even have to think about it. You'll just ping them and say, you know what? Next month, your car is going to be due for an oil service or a regular service or a level one, level two. We'll take yeah. care of you. What's a good day for you? And they don't have to deal with it. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to call you right now so you can come and take care of my wife's car for me so I can keep doing interviews and I don't have to deal with <laughs> driving it over the bridge and down to the dealership. So uh, yeah, that's the hope. Exactly. Very cool. Very cool. And how can people find out about this business? You can go online on our website at www.automech, A-U-T-O-M-E-C-H dot I-O. There we go. And, you know, you can, everything happens through our website. Cool. Cool. Dot I-O. Just remember that in because that's a little bit unique there. Very, very nice. Well, Drew, here's a very introspective question for you. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? I think if I had to say what car I was or I would want to be is I would think a Nissan GTR. Like the one thing I really liked about the GTR was it was this perfect harmony of electronics and mechanics coming together to build something. And it was very sophisticated in what it did, but it was still not a very flashy car. Like it could do so many cool things and people didn't know what it was. Most people are like, oh, is that a Z? I'm like, yeah, it's 350Z. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> and I, I think I, and that's my personality. Most, I'm just, I'm usually just wear normal pants and shirt and just walk out and not the person who you would know is, you know, who, what, what I do or who I am. Yeah. I think I like that about myself and also about the car itself. Very well thought through. Well, Dhruv, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. 
My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Drew, we are back and we're entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yeah, let's go. Here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Always take care of your tires and brakes. Yes. I think those are the two most important parts on your car. You can cheap out on everything else, but the tires and brakes are the safety part of your car, right? Keeping you on the road and making sure that you stop at the right time in, the, in, in an accident or something that happens in, in a sudden way. The tires and brakes are the only two things that will really help you with that. So I think I, I follow that and I tell all my customers about that. So I said you can cheap out on everything else. Just don't cheap on your brakes and tires. Especially in the wintertime here, because, uh, boy, this winter, it is cold across the top of the U.S. and yeah. the East Coast. Oh, my gosh. So have the right tires on your car. Now, how about a personal habit? Is there one that you think has contributed to your many successes over the years? I think I, I always look for things that I want to work on, which I'm passionate about. I'm not going to take a job where I, I'm not going to enjoy what I do. And I will give up on opportunities that might pay really well just because it's not something that I think I would do really well because I'm not interested in it. Yeah. I think people should just really look at that when they're looking to make a decision on where they want to work or what they want to work on. You know, so many people do things they're not happy doing, and that is no way to go through life. It's just you've got to find your passion, and discovering that can be difficult for people too, but you've got yeah. to approach that. Now, how about a resource? There are tons of great resources these days. Automech is one of them, of course, but uh, is there another resource you'd like to share with our listeners? I listen to a lot of podcasts and, you know, if you're doing a startup, there is a very good startup podcast that I can send the name for later on, but I can provide it to you and you can put it on the website, but it's one of the best startups I've ever listened to. This person goes through building his, his podcast startup and he documents each part of it about how he pitched to investors, how he spoke to his first business partner. It was great for me to start off a business and I think it's really good for anyone doing a startup to really listen to this podcast. What's the name of the podcast? It's called The Startup Podcast. The Startup Podcast. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah, um, it's by Gimlet Media. There you go. Yeah, it, I'm familiar with that. It is a great podcast if you want to start a business. Very, very helpful for sure. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? I would say he's not one people that people would think about. He is the CEO or the ex-CEO of Nissan, which is Carlos Ghosn. I think that person has turned around that company and done so well for Nissan itself. I just want to sit down and talk to him one day and be like, how did he come up with this big plan? And especially being an outsider from for a Japanese company, this is not really something that Japanese people like. For him to come in and assimilate and have people like him and also work with them, 
I think is 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 amazing. I would like like talk to him. Yeah, I'd like to talk to him too. I'd love to have him on this show. So maybe we can uh, both work on that and make that happen. <laughs> now about a book. Is there a book you've read you think our listeners would enjoy? Yeah, so there's a book I read recently called The Rocket Eight Lessons in uh, um, to Secure Infinite Growth by Bill Silverstein. It's an awesome book which talks about every company that are big companies today and how they started off and how do you look for customers and how do you find what that next customer big thing is? Because, you know, people don't tell you what they want or what they need. You have to gauge that from their habits and watching people. Right. So I think this book is great about how to build a successful company and how to grow your company. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that book because it's not been mentioned here before. And I'll remind our listeners that you can find links to this book and all the great guest recommended books that I've had here on Karja on the Karja website. Under resources, just go there. I've made it really easy for you to click and buy. So I'm glad we have a new book to add to our list in this new year. All right, Drew, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy, but it's fun. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world. Not a daily driver. I want this to be something special for those few sunny weekends we have here in the Pacific Northwest. Not this time of year, but uh, it's definitely in the summertime. Don't worry about the money because today I'm going to write the check. So what's that car going to be? And more importantly, why? For me, that car would be the Porsche Carrera GT. I think when I saw that car for the first time at my first auto show, I was in awe of that car. Like I could just stand there all day and look at it. And, you know, I've read about that car so much. It's such an it's such a digital, but also very analog in the way you drive that car. I've never driven one. I would love to drive it one day, but I think that's the car that I would really, really want in my garage. Oh gosh, yeah. Well, my listeners know I'm a huge Porsche fan, so that would definitely be a fun car for me to uh, buy and deliver to your garage. What color would you like that GT to be? So I've always seen it in silver with. The, the yellow calipers, I think that's that image in my head, and I think that's the one I want. That's a poster I had in my bedroom, yep. and that's what I would want one day. Okay, well, I'll get to work on that for you, and that would be <laughs> fun for sure. Well, Dhruv, you've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I've loved talking to you and learning more about this new business, Automech. I love the whole concept of it, and I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Carshall listeners. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that Porsche Carrera GT? That for me would be that, you know, in the car industry and I saw car scene itself, I find people don't respect each other's choices and don't want to hear the story behind what car this person is driving, where it's a Hyundai or a Honda or a Nissan. I think respecting everyone and their choices and also listening to the story behind why they picked that vehicle will really give you insights into why people do certain things and why people do what they do. Yep. And it's a really good way to connect with people as well is to listen and respect what they sort of like and already have in their, in their garage. Oh, absolutely. I love that. It goes back to Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Habit number five, first listen to understand and then speak to be understood. So very well put. One of my favorite concepts in life. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Auto Mech? They can check out us uh, on our website at www.automech.io. All right. I'll make sure, listeners, I put links to automech.io on Drew's show notes page. Just go to carsyad.com. Type in Drew, D-H-R-U-V is the spelling of his name. He's the only Drew here on the show, so he'll be very easy to find. And uh, if you want to know his last name, C-H-A-D-H-A. 
and you'll find that page, find links. I would encourage you to check out this new company and what it's up to. I think you're going to find this is a very, very unique service and something that will save all of us the most valuable thing we have in life, and that is time. Drew, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your automotive experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you for having me on the show. It's been my pleasure. Take care. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!